Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast from the mediabyus.com. Today, it's me, Chris, and I'm joined by... TJ. He knows his name. Uh, we, Test passed. This is the second part of our big sigh of relief that the Oscars are behind us. So we thought, what better subject to talk about uh, than what's coming out? Uh, what to look forward to in 2019? We can to watch s- whatever we want. It's amazing. Start the Oscar race for next year. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to no. start the Oscar race already. <laughs> That's miserable. <laughs> um, so yeah, so TJ and I have kind of cobbled together some things we're excited about. Games, movies, ATV. <laughs> uh, not the four-wheeler, but <laughs> probably a singular TV experience we were most looking forward to. Let's start with with the TV. Yeah. Because there, there's shit coming out that we're going to see. Like, I think Glow is dropping its next season this year. And yeah. You all know we all love Glow. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. And we'll watch it. It'll be great. But yeah. TV's so weird unless there's something um, kind of unheard of coming out. Cassandra showed me earlier there's a Gremlins series coming out. Cool. Yeah. It's just hard to keep track with. Don't know when that stuff's going to drop. Um, comment on the notes or on the Facebook group. If you've got TV shows you think we should look out for, we'll happily watch them. Yeah. Um, I'll actually watch or play anything you want us to. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, TV, though, the uh, biggest piece of TV news in years has to be Game of Thrones is ending. Yeah, final season, six episodes. Yeah, six movies. Yeah. Not many movies, just straight movies, it sounds like. They're going to be like anywhere from 90 to 120 minutes long. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited. Brent's actually doing a whole rewatch, so I bet he'll have a separate podcast go up that's kind of recapping where everybody is. Yep. Um, he's already in season five on the rewatch. He started like three weeks ago. He's yeah. blowing through it. I mean, I get it because it's great. And yeah. if you're watching for the second time, this is Brent's third because he rewatched with me. I didn't start Game of Thrones until season five was about to start. Yeah. Um, but he's saying you're getting a lot more because you're not like, what's happening as much because you right. know what's happening. But so you're seeing a lot more stuff. Um, but you're the uh, book reader of that trilogy. I know that doesn't matter anymore. That trilogy. Quintology yes. so far. Right. Eventual septology. <laughs> Maybe. Which. We don't know yet. How fitting that Martin would do seven books with the sept and the seven being important. Sorry. Dumb. Uh, <laughs> yes. There are better podcasts to listen to if you want to hear people actually talk about interesting things with Game of Thrones. Yeah. There are podcasts We're just people that, that George R. R. Martin pays to know where everybody are who have their own podcast about where the people are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be exciting. I don't know really where it's going. I've tried to not think about it too much. Yeah. I have fully gotten bit by the bug and I'm rewatching some of the alt shift X stuff. I know I've recommended on here a number of times. I can't, uh, the best alt shift X, the one that got me hooked when Chris recommended it to me is the one on Valyrian blades. Yeah. It's great. It's like 25 minutes long and it's, I mean, it is, it's what are bones yep. and where they are, who they were, who they were with. Yeah, um, if, where they are now. If there are any that are lost or any that are referred to that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, he just had one really recently that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, it's about uh, Stark magic. Um, and basically follows a fan theory that the Starks may actually be descended from the first Azor Ahai and the child that he had with a hypothetical night queen that huh. and that that's what ended the long winter the first time and that uh like a that it was a, like a treaty wedding kind of thing. right because and, and some of the things he goes into uh include 
that uh, you know some some lines from Ned Stark saying that the Starks have always ended wars by marrying their daughters off to the enemy. Um, and so yeah, it's it's an interesting theory, and they talk about like how crazy is it that John is dead and brought back to life, that Bran becomes a tree god, that Arya is one of two. At this point, now that the Waif is dead, one of two faceless assassins that we ever see. Sorry, three, I guess. Technically, yeah. And then four, if you count the one who tried to kill Bran. Right. Like, we've only seen four of them, and they're this fabled, like, kind of religious extreme group. So, like, how is it that all these Starks can do all this crazy shit? Um, And so they, one of the theories is that, like, well, they just have magic in their bloods. So, been watching All Shift X. I'm really excited about this next season. Um, and you know, it's funny when, when you read the books, you were looking forward to watching the TV show and going, Oh, like, I wonder how the TV is going to handle it. And now I'm going to finish the TV show and go, Oh, I can't wait for the books to come out. Right. Total shift. Yeah. Uh, but Game of Thrones is dropping on April 14th. Um, so we still got two months or so, two and a half months. Yep. But, uh, no month and a half. Yeah. Sweet. It's close. Late Sundays. Coming back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk. It's weird on our podcast scheduling. We usually, you know, record on Sundays. So we're usually talking about an episode of Game of Thrones after the episode, after that one aired. Right. So it doesn't work well, but we might try to fit something in, like recording on Sundays, little 30-minute episodes to go up yeah. that week or something. Or we'll, f- we'll figure something out. Or maybe do what we're doing today and record on a Monday. Uh, to drop Thursday because you know we want to give people plenty of time to watch it if you are a busy type or right. DVRs it so we don't want it going up Tuesday and then discussion starting and spoil stuff because we really do care about spoilers as much as we talk about how we don't or I talk about how I don't yeah I feel like we don't care about them as much but we respect that people do care about them right <laughs> so we'll we'll figure something out but uh, I I'm, I'm guessing that most people are uh, who listen to this are super excited about it yeah I don't have HBO I go over to your house to watch them on Sundays because I don't want to wait. Yeah, I mean, the doors are open. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, no, I right now. Most... You can go over right now. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> just, that's horrifying. And just wait for the first episode. <laughs> for April 14th. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get into movies, and we've got a lot of movies we want to talk about, uh, anything dropping in the world of video games, Chris? There's a couple of things that I'm excited about, and I think that just generally gaming is excited about. Um, I pulled the list based on kind of release date, um, and I'll kind of go through these quickly. Um but uh, the newest installment of the Devil May Cry series, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with it at all, but it's kind of like an action game where you play as Dante, who's this kind of brooding cool guy with silver hair, and he kills demons. And it's, it's always got a really fun combat system because it, it like gives you a grade at the end based on like how many combos you did and if you like juggled enemies up into the air and then shot them and then sliced them with your sword and then turned into like a demon and devil and then like burned them and like all of the grades are like E is excellent <laughs> like <laughs> like a uh, first grade report card yeah, style B, B is like bodacious <laughs> you know it goes all the way up to like S and triple S did an anime series get made uh boo maybe I think I think so. I think that's where I heard this from. It could be, but um, but yeah, Devil May Cry is a pretty big series. Capcom, you know, it's one of the games they're still putting out uh, pretty regularly. It's based on divide copy, right? Like super loosely. Uh, only in the sense that I mean, so there's a game called Dante's Inferno, and that was based on Divine Comedy. This is like 
borrows some from it because you are fighting like angels and demons and shit. But it's it's like probably okay, has some yeah. characters. There's an anime series that aired a long time ago, okay, ten years ago, based on the video game. Well, it's been a while since the fourth game came out, so people are really looking forward to the fifth. Cool. I think, I think a demo just dropped. People played it and said it felt like Devil May Cry, which is good because it's really fluid combat and. No real systems that get in the way of you just trying to do like the coolest shit that you can. Fun. Um, it's another game. Uh, it got teased at E3 last year uh, during the PS4 press conference. It's from Software uh, as the developer, and it's uh, they're the people who do Dark Souls and Demon Souls and uh, Bloodborne. Um, they've got the game uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice coming out in March. Nice. Um, and it, that was the one where it was the guy playing the flute on stage. He's People were like, why is it a white guy playing that flute that's Japanese? And it's like, well, he's the only master of that instrument who's, like, alive. Oh, wow, cool. Um, but it looks like a really cool game. It's going to be stylistic. You know, from games are always, like, like brutally difficult. So you'll get your money's worth there, and it'll be, you know, top-of-the-line graphics and everything. Nice. Um, and then later on in March, we've got The Division 2. Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Uh more of the same Tom Clancy-esque? No, so The Division was a little bit of a departure. It's more of like, and I know that the phrase loot shooter means a lot to people who get triggered by game stuff. Uh, less so to you, maybe. But it's like, you... It's... When the first game came out, it was kind of a laughable premise. It was, uh, there was basically a flu that was transferred on Black Friday uh, because it was on, like, money. And all of the money that exchanged hands, they called it the dollar flu. So it was basically the fall of America. And the first game was set in New Before York. credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's uh, why it's laughable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so, so that first game was set in New York City. And it's kind of like you jump in and you're online and you're doing like the player versus enemy experience uh, with a squad of like three friends or three randos online. And you can do like your squad in like the dark zone is what they call it, which is where... You know, there's better loot, harder enemies, but you can also, like, kill other player groups. But second one's coming out. It's set in D.C., and it looks interesting. People really like that game. Fun setting for a video game. Yeah. It got, I mean, it's basically, it's, I think, like, this one, the first one was, like, a year after the dollar flu kind of wiped out, uh, you know, two-thirds of the American population. Okay. Um, and this is set, like, five years after, um, and I think there's going to be lots of story writing about, uh, you know, like reestablishing government or whatever in the wake of basically Fun. global catastrophe. I like that kind of shit. I mean, it's oh, yeah. cheesy as hell, but I love it. Yeah. Um, and then in April, uh, this one needs no explanation, uh, Mortal Kombat 11's coming out. Sweet. So, it's going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a beta branch went live recently, and it looks pretty crazy. I'm sure there's still, I mean, I'm going to sound super ignorant, but I'm sure there's still tons of people who, like, can't wait for that shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... It it's probably is, the kind of thing that, like, uh, what was the online, like, gamer thing that was, like, huge ten years ago? You used to play it with uh, all your buddies online. Oh, League of Legends? Yeah. Oh. And I was, I remember asking, you see, <laughs> but I remember asking you about it, like, six years later, it's like, that's still a thing, and you're like, it's the most played game still? Yeah. Like, this is funny. Yeah. Uh, how far, whoops, how far that shit is, like, out of my... <laughs> Vision. Yeah, I, mean? I bet if I didn't tell you today that Mortal Kombat 11 was coming out, and I was like, how many Mortal Kombats do you think there are? I would have guessed like 30. Yeah. And you'd probably be closer <laughs> to correct, because there are not a number of Mortal Kombats. Anyway, looks cool. The violence is over the top and goofy and stuff. Um, you know, it's the people who did Injustice. The same, like, not just the same studio, but the same, like, people. 
yeah. who did like the DC fighting game that was really popular. Um, in June, we actually just learned this recently, Super Mario Maker 2 is coming out. Cool. So it's basically build your own Mario levels, upload them to the internet, and let people play them, and you can download levels and play them. And yeah, I remember the first one came out, there were like impossible, like literally impossible ones. Yeah. That would get made. Which it sounded fun and silly. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to that as a Switch owner. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next two games that are coming out in July. Uh, obviously, there's more games coming out, but, you know. Yeah, we're just hitting highlights. Keep, keeping this short. Uh, and actually, um, Mario Maker 2 and these next two were all in the most recent Nintendo Direct. Uh, but Fire Emblem is getting its new release. Fire Emblem Three Houses is coming out. It seems like it has an interesting story. I know a friend of the cast, Brian, is super pumped about the new Fire Emblem game. Nice. Uh, but you, you play like a... Uh, Instead of being, like, the protagonist or, like, the person who was orphaned but could be the king, you're playing basically, like, a professor in the college, like, officer training school, and the three, like, houses that had traditionally warred are all sending, like, the heir or whoever is the most important warrior or whoever, and they're all in that school at the same time. And so Fire Emblem is a game that's a lot about, like, individual choices you make affecting the campaign and the characters and your party, so... They're all going to be in school training under you, and so how you play your favoritism or who does better in like, like with sparring is going to affect the outcome. <laughs> um, but it's kind of neat. Yeah, um, it sounds neat. And then uh, there's a a remake coming out which looks really fun. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Oh, nice. Originally released on the Game Boy. If you're not a big gamer, you may have played this game because I feel like every kid who grew up in the 90s had a Game Boy. Yeah, and you had like the 12 games or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you had Tetris, and if you had a Legend of Zelda game, this is what you had. Right. Um, so that's cool. It's a game that I really, I think I've played a couple times on emulation, but so I'm really excited to play it on the Switch with a full color, full 3D graphics engine behind it. Yeah, I mean, the Game Boy, the original one was so just minimalist yeah there's nothing yeah that'd be fun and then these other two once we I mean, once you get like six months out it's kind of eh, if these release months are right right uh we've got another one from the nintendo direct a game called astral chain it's made by platinum games it looks like a super anime action style like beat em up okay um platinum makes a lot of brawlers like that and they do a great job at it like button masher types are more like yeah, more but more finesse than that. Okay, That's like what I was, yeah. like you'll have your 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 combos which are like you know light light strong and then light 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 strong right. and then like light jump strong and just like how you can string them together. So it's full kind of, Lord of the Rings, but right, yeah, yeah. There's there's elegance in it. Um, and then the other one, which I am positive is not coming out in August, <laughs> is a uh, Shenmue three. Uh, the, the long, kind of awaited sequel to Shenmue. Uh, it's the one that got kind of crowdfunded by Sony and then not really crowdfunded by Sony. And then uh, is kind of a sequel to a game that everyone really hates how it plays. But they have this nostalgic memory of like being a boy in like 1980s Japan. Like That was the whole game. And that was like the, the, the fun of it. Was huh. like kind of time traveling to nineteen yeah, eighties I mean, Japan. I get the appeal. Yeah, but the combat sucks. The walking around sucks. There's a weird time <laughs> mechanic that sometimes makes you stand out in the street waiting for a store to open for like half a day, and you just sit there and you you could like look at your watch and time moves a little faster, and you just sit there and you just waste the day just staring at your watch. 
Um, but so <laughs> that that game is going to go into development hell. Uh, I would place a dollar bet on it at least. Uh, it's not coming out in August, but it's supposed to. All right. So I thought I'd call it out. Fair enough. And then a couple games that don't have a release date but are supposed to come out this year. Uh, Gears of War 5. It's Gears of War. You know what you're getting. Make a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is about... Uh, uh, fuck, why can't I think of his name? Uh, but the, the main character from Wolfenstein, his kid. Uh, and it's going to be shooting Nazis, presumably. Classic Wolfenstein. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a sequel to a game that Dave and I really like, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. The sequel, uh, Ori in the Willow... The Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming out sometime this year. So that's cool. Like, platforming Metroidvania stuff. And then the last one, which I'm kind of excited about, even though I wasn't, like, as big of a fan of the first game. Not that I disliked it, but I just didn't play it that much. Yeah. Is uh, Psychonauts 2. Um, you play as Raz. You're a kid who was sent to Psychic Camp. And you, in the first game, and you kind of play levels going through people's minds. <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, from Tim Schafer and developer Double Fine. Double Fine has become a juggernaut. Uh, they made point-and-click adventure stuff and then made Psychonauts. And it's just got a huge cult following, so it's going to make a splash when it comes out. Fun. But that's kind of the, the, the short. And I know that we're going to be surprised by indie titles later in the year. Um, we are, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything like Cuphead size. No. But um, this game is also, like, don't... I mean, you either have, like... The ones like Cuphead or uh, I can't remember the other one now that are that have this like press right. that are getting pushed that you know about, or you end up with like Meat Boy shit where it's just like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing, yeah, kind of thing. Meat Boy sequels coming out I think in April, um, cool, which would be interesting. Man, I've tried to play. Have you played that shit? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard for me. I can't imagine. There's a there's a really cute term that's been coined uh, to describe games like that where you like die over and over again. It's platformers. Oh, nice. Because it is, man. You just like the same jump 15 times and you'll get it. Yep. And then 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 the next one you'll die again. Yeah. And then when you beat the level, you get to see all of your attempts run back. (laughs) It's really... It's clever. It's good. It's part of that documentary. Yeah. uh, Indie game in the movie. Yeah, it's really good. A bunch of movies coming out and we're going to ignore the ones that have already come out. So we're missing a couple of months here. Um, But a lot of those are Oscar movies and... Lego Movie 2 and How to Train Your Dragon 3 are going to get nominated for Best Animated Feature. Yeah. So, just go see those, I guess. <laughs> Period. Um, I know Brent was saying this is going to be his, like, sneaky Disney blockbuster of the year. He thinks it's going to do well critically, and it's obviously going to make a shit ton of money, but Tim Burton's Dumbo uh, is coming out soon, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, it looks cool. The yeah. trailers look cool. I've um, seen a bunch of spots for it. If there's sad. ever a old movie for Tim Burton to remake, though, like, this seemed like it was a Tim Burton movie in yeah. the 40s when the original was made. It's a total, like, propaganda film on... You know, carnivals are bad, kind of evil places yeah. to animals. Which is like at least back in full force now with a cove and aquarium. Yeah. Shit. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see that. I probably will go see in the theaters. I'm, there's too much right now that's coming out. But, right. Uh, it's coming out early, so we'll be able to watch it before the Oscars if it gets nominated for like special effects, which it might. Yeah. We also have a little bit of shell shock right now, so I don't think I'm going to watch a movie for at least a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, we're, I know we're all planning to go see Us, which uh, I guess we can talk about now. Jordan Peele's sophomore effort behind the camera. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about it on the podcast because the trailer was fucking dope. Yeah, they just aired the international trailer for the first time uh, in the Oscars last night. More creepy shit. 
Yeah. Um, this is Winston Duke who played the leader of the like fifth exonerated tribe in Black Panther. I think it's the Jabari tribe. The Jabari tribe, that's right. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who's fantastic and also from Black Panther and a bunch of other great shit. And Elizabeth Moss. So it's got like huge names right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to Us. And it looks more of a horror film than Get Out was kind of a psychological thriller. Yeah. Um, which I know Jordan Peele has been wanting to do. Kind of move into like actual great horror films because he kind of said they're... In his opinion, there just weren't many since, like, you know, 70s and 80s. Yeah, but who knows? Well, I mean, I didn't know the, like, the front from the back before I saw Get Out. I didn't know what movie I was going into. No. I loved it. It was great. I mean, horror's had an uptick, man. I mean, we'll talk about this evil a little later, but it was great two years ago. Hereditary was great last year. Yeah. Um, Happy Death Day to You was actually met with, like, okay criticism. Yeah. And the first one was a fucking... Yeah. Roller coaster, man. I loved it. It was great. Um, big thing, which is starting in March, is we get the trilogy of MCU movies wrapping up. Because that's March, April, May, right? I think it's... No, I think it's March, May, June. Okay. I think. Um, but that's Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home in that order. Um, I would ask which one you're most excited for, but I think that's kind of cheating. Yeah. Because we're getting an end of this Avengers... You know, I mean, uh, Avengers ends the phase. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man will start the next phase of MCU. Right. Which is interesting, So we get Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Well, it's kind of a weird Mysterio, too, if you're a comic book yeah, uh, guy. Like, not a villain. Not he, a pure villain. Yeah. This one. <coughs> yeah. So, uh, in the comics, you know, Mysterio plays one of the important part of the Sinister Six, which is like the cabal of bad guys. Right, I read some about it, yeah. And this, he seems like he's playing like an anti-hero. Yeah, and somebody that I think looks like Sam Jackson wants Spider-Man to pair it with to be able to kill the elementals. Yeah. It seems like. Um, I'm looking forward to that because it was my favorite MCU movie last year. Spider-Man was, or two years ago. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to the great unknown that is Captain Marvel. I I just don't know enough about the character. Huge Brie Larson fan. Yeah. Uh, I love that Sam Jackson is like a lead in it. I mean, he's only been a lead in a couple of MCU movies. I guess, what, Winter Soldier, the first Avengers, and... Iron Man 2, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, all those are coming out, and I'm sure they're all going to be pretty pretty great. Uh, Pet Cemetery is coming out. After all that, uh, John Lithgow is playing the dad. Yeah. Have you seen or read anything? I mean, have you seen the original Pet Cemetery or read the book? I saw the original Pet Cemetery a long time ago. Yeah. Long like, enough to scare the shit off you. Yeah, long, long <laughs> enough that, that, like, maybe that kid shouldn't be watching that movie. Right. Um, it's... Kind of infamously the Stephen King book he wished he didn't write. Right. Um, he was like stuck in a contract deal he wanted to get out of and he owed them one more book and essentially like gave them this thinking they wouldn't publish it because yeah. he knew he went too far. Filled it full of tropes and kind of like gross shit. <laughs> yeah, and like killing, like, I mean like the main character's kid dies and comes back as a zombie and I kill him again. Like yeah. fucked up shit. Um, but it gathered a cult following the book yeah. and the movie did. So, um, and John Lithgow does great shit. Cassandra uh, loved him in Dexter. He was phenomenal in Dexter. Uh, um, yeah, he's been in weird movies. Interstellar. I forgot he was in. I rewatched that recently, and he was great in that. So looking forward to that. John Lithgow is kind of a walking, living legend at this point. Yeah. Um, DC is also coming back out <laughs> a few movies, and I feel like I've got a I've got a good feeling that Shazam is going to be good. It looks so campy. Yeah. That I feel like it can't. That they're finally not taking themselves seriously. 
I had to look to make sure it was in the DCEU. Yeah. Because I was like, maybe they're just, this is just a movie. But like, oh, if this is part of the DCEU, I'm kind of on board. Yeah. The, uh, it, it's almost like, like, I know that the Brent was on a weird position with Aquaman. But I think that, that if, if Brent is right, that Aquaman is the movie that is heralding this change of like, we're kind of not going to take ourselves seriously, but it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be kind of bad because comic books are kind of bad. Yeah, right. Like, you know, then here's a movie for you. Yeah. Well, that's what Marvel had that DC never did in the movies and, you know, in their expanded universes were these, like, Marvel was always funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the worst Marvel movie, or not the worst, but some of the ones that I didn't like, like Age of Ultron, just had zero jokes. Yeah. Um, and the DC movies are all so fucking dark and just boring. Yeah. Um, especially the Batman's Superman shit. Yeah. There's just nothing fun about them. They're all just trying to suckle up the teat of Christopher Nolan and don't understand that, like, you can't make a Christopher Nolan movie. Right. With your, like, with your weird Harley Quinn. Right. Like, I like Margot Robbie a lot, but she couldn't have done anything about that movie. Right. Um, and then I, when I was looking to make sure Shazam was part of the DCEU, I noticed that in 2021, there's a Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad sequel coming out called The Suicide Squad. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. I think I think between those two, there is a Harley Quinn movie coming out. Today. There's like five movies coming out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've got them planned out. Again, like Marvel's, we don't know what Marvel's doing in 2020. That's not announced. But DC has their movie shit planned out for four years because they just give it up. I think. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but like Shazam, I know you've got it far down the page. I am also looking forward to Joker. Yeah, Joker looks really good. Uh, Robert De Niro and Zazie Beetz, well, they'll be fun. Robert De Niro's cast, the character right now is just like a talk show host. Yeah, so I don't know. I love the. It seems like the kind of backstory in the Joker without like actually backstory in the Joker. Yeah, from everything I heard about about the like pre production era of this movie, is they wanted to tell a story about the Joker that wasn't an origin story and that didn't involve Batman. So it's going to be the Joker just like doing crime, yeah, and developing him outside of an origin, which I like. I, I mean, that's why I thought that Homecoming was so good. Yeah, well, he's going to be described as like a failed comedian, but we're not going to see him fail as a comedian. Right, we're just going to kind of know that's what he is. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is which is fun. And there's so much about that comic book character where you don't know if he's lying. So, like to to give him a definitive origin would kind of cheat it a little bit. Yeah, it would make it feel. A little off. You know, the the big Heath Ledger moments are, you, you know, telling three different people three different stories. Uh, you know, do you know how I got these scars? Like, that's kind of, like, like that is that is such a Joker trait right. to be unreliable. Uh, I'm interested in Todd Phillips' direction on that. Todd Phillips is known for, like, old school and Starsky and Hutch. Like, they're, they're referred to as the frat pack. It's all yeah. these old school and branched out movies. Um, and he did the Hangover trilogy, too. So it's a weird... Kind of leap for him because Joaquin Phoenix is like a legitimate great actor yeah. right now. So the master just came to Netflix. If you have any doubts about Joaquin Phoenix, watch yeah. that movie. Yeah, no, he's he's fucking great. Um, rom com that I'm actually kind of excited about is coming out. Uh, it's Jonathan Levine. He's a director who did Fifty Fifty. It's his second film. Um, trailer dropped kind of recently. I watched it. It looked fun. Charlie Stern and Seth Rogen in a movie called Long Shot. Okay, have you watched trailer for it? No, not yet. Charlie Stern plays Secretary of State. He goes okay. back to her high school reunion, and Seth Rogen is a failed photojournalist, and she just wants to like hang out with him, like remember them as a buddy from high school, and they kind of like go on a date, and it just looks fun. Uh, her is like 
I mean, like, just straight up Secretary of State. Like, there are scenes in the Oval Office. Okay. Um, it looks fun. I like both of them a lot. Yeah. And I like 50-50. It was a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. And I like Seth Rogen in romantic comedies uh, playing uh, opposite someone in the straight man role. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's knocked up. Like, this sounds like... Yeah, he's a stoner in this one, too. I it mean, sounds it's... like knocked up if Katherine Heigl had, like, a like a better career. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's coming out. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. I love that it's got a colon and a hyphen in it. I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I mean, it's 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 one of those movies where it didn't really hit a sophomore, sophomore slump. Like, number two wasn't as good, but it was still, like, really fucking entertaining. The amount of work that... Keanu puts into that role. Like, I love all the videos of him at, like, gun camp and shooting ranges. Oh, yeah. It's so... I mean, I was came in the other day and John Wick was just on and it was the disco him getting out. Yeah. It was just so fucking fun to watch, man. Yeah. Um. So, super excited about that. Still the best movie with the dog death. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the worst part of the movie. Yeah. The movie was so He's got a new dog in Parabellum, it looks like. Sweet. I'm excited. Uh, Ad Astra may or may not come out. I, I had it on my first few Oscar predictions back in the summer for last year, for the yeah. Oscars that just happened. Um, Since so James Gray had directed We on the Night, Lost City of Z, a bunch of other, there's like Joaquin Phoenix weird movies that came out in the past 10 years. Um, Brad Pitt, Ruth Nega, Tommy Lee Jones, Jamie Kennedy, Donald Sutherland. Um, it's going to be a sci-fi movie, which I didn't know until today when I did some digging to find the plot. But set 20 years after uh, a man goes on a one-way mission to Neptune, in order to find extraterrestrial life, Brad Pitt, who works for the Army Corps of Engineers, uh, travels through the solar system to find them. I, it's going to fail, or it would have come out already, is my gut. Huh, okay. Um, this is just when these kind of movies... If it comes out at its release date, at its release date which is set in April, it's kind of where movies got to die a little bit. Right. Um, Marvel's doing a little bit to change that. They realized, oh, we can just not compete with fucking anybody and make a billion dollars. If we release it in March. I'm curious though, because we had a conversation about the current war, if it got caught up in like the Weinstein groups. It may have. It's a weird time for film. Yeah. For all that shit. I mean, hell, anybody in that could have been accused of whatever, the, an EP that we don't know the name of. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but it's a great director and an incredible cast. So yeah. I'll at least see what the critics say before I run off and see it. Uh, Following that is a spelled wrong on our show notes. Show notes, Aladdin, Aladdin. Um, yeah, Aladdin. <laughs> uh, that movie's just gonna bomb because it it's not gonna be able to escape the Will Smith backlash, man. Nope. Nope. They sunk themselves. And who no- thought that was a good? I know we've talked about this on air already, <laughs> but who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Who saw that and was like, yeah, nope. we talked about this at the Oscars. It's like it's almost like they either didn't want to show Guy Ritchie because they knew it was bad, or they showed him what the like mock-up CGI was going to be, and he was too busy to look. <laughs> and then it was just like, all right, well, he said go to air. And then he just like pushed out the trailer and went, oh, no. I think somebody on our Facebook page said it looked like uh, he got ate the whatever Violet ate in uh, Willy Wonka. Will Smith super allergic or something. <laughs> a horrible allergic reaction. So honestly, I don't know anything about anything else about that movie. Nope. And that's going to overshadow it, especially if it comes out this soon. Because that trailer dropped. I mean, it should have dropped like a year ago. That yeah. teaser. The movie's coming out in a few months. Yeah. It'll uh, be interesting, I guess. Uh, but but anyone who who is doubting <laughs> Disney, this will not kill the live action remakes. 
Uh, that was my comment on somebody on there. It was yeah. like, this movie's going to be a bomb. I was like, no, nah, this movie's going to make like $400 million. And also, it's being sandwiched between Dumbo, which is going to make a bunch of money and is pr- like probably going to be good, yeah. and Lion King live action. Which might be another billion dollar film. Right. Yeah. With, so, with Donald Glover paired with that title with Disney, it's just like the perfect storm of ridiculousness. Yeah. So you can take one loss. Yeah. <laughs> When you've also got... And it's not going to lose money. No. <laughs> That's the thing. It's still not going to lose money. Because it doesn't look like they spent any on the genie. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith. That was it. Yeah. Hey, Will, can you get fat and blue? Uh, only fat? Uh, we'll do the blue part. <laughs> we, can, we can afford that. <laughs> um, this next movie is the first like indie film that I came across today that looked really interesting. It's uh, called Ma. M-A. And it's Octavia Spencer in a small town. Uh, she's lonely. She uh, runs into some kids that ask them to buy her alcohol. And she says, y'all can come over and drink in my basement whenever you want. And then, like, kidnaps them, locks them down there. Huh. So, I'm a huge Octavia Spencer fan. She's great in everything. And seeing her play against type here would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I thought you were going to say she kidnaps a bunch of movie uh, executives and goes, I'm going to produce Green Book. (laughs) (laughs) No, we wanted to leave that movie on the shelf. That's true. She technically won an Oscar last night. Yes. Good for her. Um... After my, I've got Rocket Man, which <laughs> my notes on this were like, did Bohemian Rhapsody ruin Rocket Man already? <laughs> I've been seeing trailers for Rocket Man before I saw trailers for Bohemian Rhapsody. I feel like I've heard about it. It's been in production for so fucking long. Yeah, and this is, um, I, I put his name in the notes from memory, but that's T- his name. Taron Egerton. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, he was in the Robin Hood bomb last year, but I guess probably best known for the Kingsman yeah. pair of movies. Um He's good in those two movies, and he's fun in Eddie the Eagle. Yeah. I won't see that Robin Hood movie until it comes on, like, TBS one Sunday afternoon, <laughs> like, eight years from now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. He performed recently with Elton John, too. Apparently, Elton John's, like, gave it his seal of approval. Yeah. I, I can't imagine you do a biopic with someone without them being involved in production in some way. Especially at that level and when they're still alive. Right. Um, I'll go see it. I mean, it might be phenomenal, but I feel like it's going to suffer some. Just yeah. from... The past few months and what Bo Ra did. The best thing that could have happened to Rockman was Bohemian Rhapsody not winning Best Picture. Because then you wouldn't have everyone standing True. around and looking back and scrutinizing Bohemian Rhapsody as a bad Best Picture winner. Right. Um, the next X-Men movie is coming out. We got a couple this year, actually. Uh, yeah. X-Men Dark Phoenix is coming out. Um, I'm nervous about this movie. I feel good about it. Good. I'm glad. That makes me feel a little better. I kind of hated the Scott Summers, Jean Grey part of... Um, Oh, no. X3 Last Stand? No, the one with Sophie Turner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apocalypse? Yes, Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse, which was like a subpar X-Men movie. I didn't think it was as bad as some people did. Yeah. But uh, their chemistry was just awful, and Sophie Turner wasn't great in that role. I hope I hope this is better. Well, I think the the, the, the some of the worst parts of Apocalypse, or what detracted from Apocalypse from being a good movie, was... That you had someone like Oscar Isaac playing your villain, which is like an inspired casting choice, but then you cover him in so much makeup and prosthetics and change his voice that it's not Oscar Isaac anymore. It doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. And then when your bad guy is this all-powerful, omniscient being, like, what can you do? Right. Um, and then you, like, all of a sudden they can beat them. And so it's kind of neat that in Apocalypse it ends with, you know, Jean Grey kind of going a little, like, showing the Phoenix power. So watch the trailer today. In preparation for a podcast we record. Nice. Uh, and it looks kind of neat. It's, you know, it's it's Jean finding out that, that Xavier lied to her about her parents. Um, and that she, 
because Xavier's got mind powers, telepathy also, so he kind of locked that part of her mind away, and he's always been in her mind locking that away. And so once she finds out the truth that she actually uh, killed them uh, by accident when she was a child, uh, when they were driving cross-country somewhere, um, that, uh, that, that when she finds out that there's this lock on her brain and like removes it or defeats Charles in the mental struggle, like realizes that she is so much more powerful and like kind of goes to Magneto for help. And so that kind of sets the events in motion to... Um, nice. I do love the Magneto-Dr. X casting in the new ones. The McAvoy and... Um, Fassbender. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. So, you remember the flashback in X3? Where Magneto and X go to her house and she lifts all the cars out in the cul-de-sac? Yeah. So that doesn't get rewritten with Days of Future Past, I assume. Uh, I mean, we're in a different timeline. I know, but I'm saying like that's before that. That wouldn't have altered anything. Well, I guess it could have because it made mutants a popular thing before they would have been. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. I mean, I'm in. I'm gonna go see it because yeah. the reboots have been great for the most part, and it, and it looks cool. It looks like it's got a better version of like the uh, in X Men Civil War that happens, where it's like Cyclops and Magneto and Phoenix versus like Beast and Xavier and Storm. Right. So like it, it cuts that line between uh, the X Men again, which is yeah. I, I, I want good things for Storm too. I, that character was disappointing in Apocalypse as well, but uh, that, that wasn't the actress's fault. Yeah. yeah, she didn't have anything to do. Right. Um, a couple of fun ones coming up. Men in Black International is coming out. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has the lead there. Tessa Thompson and Tessa Thompson, who we're uh, both fans of, yeah. uh, and, and both of them. I mean, Chris Hemsworth going back to like Cabin in the Woods, um, and. After that, really, in the Ghostbusters uh, female film, uh, he was so funny in that. Yeah. That this looks kind of like a reason I go see any Men in Black movie at this point. Like, Men in Black 3 was like, oh, it was super fun. Yeah. It looked great. It was fun. And this looks like it'll be more of the same. Yeah. Um, me and Chris didn't know until today, but Aubrey Plaza and Brian Tyree Henry will be starring in a remake of 1988's Child's Play. I'm on board. Aubrey <laughs> like, Plaza and Brown Tyree Henry. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like campy and funny. I hope that's the route it goes. Yeah. Because that thing isn't that scary. Well, that's, that's my, I have two big questions. The first question is, Child's Play already doesn't take itself seriously. I mean, right. Chucky. It's he, Leprechaun. It's just. Chucky has sex with another doll and they give birth to a uh, demon doll the, child. The fifth and sixth and right. all that. Yeah, that shit's just beyond campy. So. So that's one of my big questions is like where where do they play that level of humor is like on that spectrum between like a horror movie like the remakes that we're getting now and between like Seed of Chucky or and and also are they going to redesign the doll or are we are we going to see the classic Chucky I don't know I mean I I am confident that they're not taking themselves like full serious because they have Aubrey Plaza and Brian Tyree Henry in it Yeah I mean not not that Tyree Henry's got range and we've seen it. And so does Plaza. Yeah, but the pair doesn't seem like it, it's it's trying. To, it feels like it's trying to tell me like it's all right, man. Just come watch this movie. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I could see sticking the two of them. Not that they wrote it, but I could see sticking the two of them in a room and them going. You know what would catch everyone by surprise? Doing a serious child's play movie. Yeah, I mean I'm on board. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Like I hope I'm, I'm, I love them both. So yeah. I'm in, um, especially with the horror resurgence we keep talking about. Uh, Toy Story 4 is coming out this summer. It's going to be the one that beats those other two animated movies we talked about at the Oscars, probably. Yep. 
Um, it looks fun. There are teasers out now. It's uh, Woody going to find Bo Peep, who was mysteriously missing from the third film. So this is the fifth Disney movie that's going to make over a billion dollars that we yeah, have mentioned maybe. so far? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right after that, <laughs> you got Lion King coming out. Uh, that might be the most hype movie for me this year, honestly, and that's a year where Star Wars Episode Nine is coming out. I'm so excited. You can't talk about that yet. That's the sixth Disney movie that's going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, Lion King has like a super fun cast. Yeah, I'm super excited. To uh, check it out. Donald Lover, like, at his peak of fame. Yeah. As Simba is just ridiculous for Disney. I mean, just dollar signs everywhere. Yeah. Bring back James Earl Jones. You got Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, um, John Oliver, Oliver, Beyonce. Yeah. Like, and then I thought the trailer being a shot-for-shot remake of the original trailer was kind of brilliant. Yeah. So, and it's, we love the Jungle Book. Yeah. Like, uh, John Favreau can... Jungle Book was great. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was good. Yeah. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with Beauty and the Beast. No, it's just that this, John Favreau coming back to direct this makes yeah. me super excited because Jungle Book was head and shoulders above those other live remakes, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Um, yesterday is something that I won't talk about a ton because I shared a trailer to the website. Did you get a chance to watch that? Nope. So it's a guy who uh, passes out, wakes up, and slowly realizes, uh, as he's playing yesterday at like an open mic bar, somebody asked him when he wrote it. And he realizes that the rest of the world has no recollection or knowledge of anything uh, the Beatles ever did. <laughs> so he becomes a superstar and writes essentially like the Beatles' greatest hits album. And Tilda Swinton is a record exec who's like, oh, you just made the best record of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just any guy. It's directed by Danny Boyle, written by the writer of Love, actually. Nice. Uh, Richard Curtis. Um, it looks like it's super fun. Cool. Um, and it's going to have a good soundtrack, <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> Um, you sent me this trailer with a bunch of exclamation points about yep. a week ago, but Hobbs and Shaw is coming out. And if you don't know what Hobbs and Shaw is, it's the eighth. Uh, it would be the ninth. Ninth. Well, it depends on if you include the extended universe, the prequel kind of to the Han character from Fast and Furious Three: Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Lots of people don't include that, uh, but I think that there is a timeline you can draw through because Han is the same character in both. So extended universe, yes. Okay. Uh, so this is the spinoff. <laughs> From the Fast and Furious series, uh, featuring The Rock's character uh, and Jason Statham's character, classic enemies who are forced to work together, odd couple style, and Idris Elba playing a human cyborg uh, who is <laughs> somehow playing his character from Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, who, who is somehow like he's yeah somewhere between his character from <laughs> Avengers and Star Trek Beyond. He's genetically altered to be a superhuman. And it looks like it's going to be a buddy comedy action movie. I believe it's also directed by Justin Lin. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great time. Fuck all the haters who say that this movie has to be about family and then that's what the whole series is about. Uh, they should have fun with it. And yeah, going I want to. it to be 80 minutes long and just one giant action scene. Action scene. And it looks like it's probably going to be that. Yeah. Watch the trailer. It's hilarious. The trailer is really funny. <laughs> the, the Rock jumps out of a building and then runs down the side of it. This is not the movie Skyscraper either. <laughs> this is this will be the second time in two years he has jumped out of a skyscraper and run down the side of a building. Yeah, but Brett loves uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. He had a rope. Yeah. Oh, no. This is like the, the, the Alex Honnell of, uh, <laughs> of Fast and Furious. Free Solo turned into a fiction narrative. Yeah. Um, New Boots is coming out. It's been talked about for a long time. I don't know shit about it. I know Kelly knows a fair bit. Do you know anything? So this is the Maisie Williams movie that I remember hearing problems with. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. Um, 
essentially what happened was they wrote the movie as kind of like a horror movie about a bunch of kids getting experimented on, discovering they have powers and breaking out of the facility and then coping with the powers, whatever, uh-huh. X-Men trope. Yeah. Um, but then a, a, when they sent it to producers, producers were like, whoa, these are kids. We can't have this be a horror movie. And then they shot it, exhibited it again, and they were like, this movie sucks. And they were like, can we do the horror movie thing? So, I don't know what state this movie's in. So, it's built on IMDb and in press releases as a horror film. Okay. Because I thought that I had heard or read that they had won their creative first shot back. As most times, like, creators of film should win the... the yeah. <laughs> right. And so, so yeah. So, that's, that's, that's from what I understand, the basic premise... Uh, it's really strange that this is coming out because there is a there is a television show called New, new Mutants. That's yeah, on yeah. That people seem to really love. The new season just started like a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, has nothing to do with it. Okay. Um, probably some similar characters, but uh, you know, it's gonna be the biggest movie that Maisie Williams is in. Uh, you know, in her career, yet we haven't really seen her in anything else. Yeah, you just talked about the creative thing that. Uh, Peter Farley on the roundtable me and Chris both watched had a, actually a really good anecdote where he was talking about something about Mary and how the studio was like you gotta take off the take out the jack off scene yeah. and like these other things and he took it out and showed him they were like this isn't funny and he was like I know <laughs> you made me take my jokes out right um, It Chapter 2 is one of the movies I'm most excited for this year um, you're gonna get some scenes with the kids which were great in the first one the kids yeah. the kid acting in that was phenomenal uh, Bill Skarsgård is returning as Pennywise. Then you got James McAvoy, uh, Jay Ryan, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, who's probably best known as the Old Spice guy. Yeah, he's playing Old Mike, and uh, James Ranson and Jack Dylan Grazer as well. I'm sure it'll be pretty good, but I'm going to go see it in theaters regardless. Yep. As as long as Bill Skarsgård's back, I'm down. Yeah, he was. That really is the, like that yeah. made the movie. Yeah, he was so good. Uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah, they're making a sequel to Zombieland. I didn't know. Yep. With the entire cast returning. Um, so you still get Emma Stone and Woody Harrelson is back and Jesse Eisenberg is back. Abigail and, Breslin. Yeah, Abigail Breslin. Uh, and you're adding Zoe. <laughs> Ditch. Oh. <laughs> we had a fuck up with that on the podcast several months ago. Uh, Rosario Dawson, Thomas Middleditch, and Luke Wilson are all in it too. It's another movie. It's like, yeah, the first one was fun. I'll watch this one too. Yeah. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Doctor Sleep is coming out in a year with Stephen King is also providing it and Pet Cemetery. Doctor Sleep is the sequel to The Shining. Um, I've read the book. It's really good. Mike Flanagan's directing. He directed Hush, Gerald's Game, and wrote, directed, and edited Haunting of Hill House, which was a huge success for Netflix. Yeah. This which, year. by the way, talking about TV, season two is coming out yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, so starring Ewan McGregor is uh, Danny, the kid from The Shining. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who is uh, Tom Hanks' current love interest in the Mission Impossible franchise. Tom Cruise. Yes, not Tom Hanks. That would be weird. <laughs> Tom Hanks currently just loves typewriters. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, who is <laughs> used to working with that director and being in Stephen King adaptations. And um, Jacob Tremblay, too. He's a great kid actor who's playing like yeah. kind of the new Danny. Okay. Um, in? Yeah, right. <laughs> the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, uh, director. I haven't seen Hush or Gerald's Game, but you loved them both, right? Yeah. So they're both really good. Yeah. That's the thing. You were like in the year of Stephen King. I was like, wait, but last year we had a ton of Stephen King. Yeah, movies come out. the year before that. Or year also, be- that's what I meant. Year uh, before right, that. Right. That was Gerald's Game. It year. Yeah. 
Um, Ford vs. Ferrari looked like the first kind of Oscar Beatty movie that I came across when I was looking. Um, and now we're well into the these movies could come out in 2020. Right. Uh, area of this podcast. But Ford vs. Ferrari is the story of a Le Mans race. Le Mans is a 24-hour road race done by Ford, Ferrari, Lamborghini, like the big names and automakers. Uh, it goes down in France and Le Mans. Um, it happens every year. It still happens. This is directed by James Mangold, who did Girl Interrupted, Walked the Line, and wrote and directed Logan. Yeah. Um, that's his big claim to fame recently. And it starring Matt Damon and Christian Bell, two of the best actors of our time. So I'm sure that movie's going to be something. It's going to be talked about before it's released anyway. It could easily bomb, as these movies often do. But yeah. it could also get nominated for like 12 Oscars. Yeah, it could could go the way of... Not Invincible. What was the 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 Hemsworth racing movie called? Oh, the Ron Howard one. Yeah. Um, Which, like, had a lot of, like, early Oscar buzz, and then it came out, and everyone forgot about it. Yeah, it was still really good. Did you ever watch it? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, I put Frozen 2 on here, because I feel like it would have been mean to leave it off, because it's going to be another billion-dollar Disney movie. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's coming out. Did you watch the trailer for it? The little teaser trailer came out? I didn't. Uh, it looks kind of interesting. It might get into a little, like, uh, actually, kind of like I was talking about with Stark Magic. Uh, might discuss some of uh, Anna's powers, maybe. Uh, oh, cool! Because it's kind of hinted at when she, uh, when she gets, uh, you know, when the cold starts affecting her heart again, and the fire in the room kind of dies. People think she might have fire powers. Um, they erased her memory back she in does the have day. The red hair, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it looks interesting, and it shows Elsa trying to. Uh, I don't know, cross the ocean using her ice powers, and it's really beautiful animation in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that, uh, we don't know why they wouldn't, but Kristen Bell and um, Edie Menzel will be back, I'm sure. Edina uh, Menzel. Yeah, Edina I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't correct you about anyone else's name, except the person <laughs> whose name got dragged the fucking hardest. Um, <coughs> but they were highlights of their voice work in the first one were good, and the music, yep. even aside from um, Let It Go, I thought was really good. Yep. Uh, Knives Out. Uh, is a movie that I found out about the day that I'm super, super excited for. It's Ryan Johnson's follow-up to The Last Jedi, which the media bias, huge fans of yeah. The Last Jedi, were on the right side of that argument, not the wrong <laughs> side. Um, but it's a modern take on like an Agatha Christie like dinner party whodunit mystery uh, with a fucking phenomenal cast. Yeah. Um, Dale Craig, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Michael Shannon, Anna de Armas, uh, Armas who was in um, Blade Runner, Blade Runner. Yeah, and a bunch of other movies. Don Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, and Christopher Plummer. Like, fucking sign me up, dude. Yeah. Opening night, I'll be there. Uh, huge Ryan Johnson fan, even before the Les Jedi stuff. Brick is great. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what he's known for, is like a quieter noir style. So I'm when I saw you, I didn't know about it until I read your show notes, and I was like, oh, that movie? I am fucking in. Yeah, I'm so excited for it. Um, untitled Jumanji sequel may or may not come out, but I'll be there when it does. I've probably watched Jumanji now like eight or nine times because it's so easy to rewatch. Yeah. Uh, I own it on Voodoo and I can just fucking hit go and clean the house and do shit. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so definitely in. Uh, and then we got Star Wars Episode Nine, which we won't know anything about until the movie comes out. I mean, we'll get a trailer for it this summer, but we'll, it won't... we'll get a title at some point before that. Yeah. And that's it. I've, not worried about it at all, being in any kind of production hell, only because J.J. Abrams is at the helm. Yeah. He's directing this one again. Uh, by the way, assholes went on record saying he wished Ryan Johnson could have directed it. Yeah. <laughs> but knew that wasn't an option anymore. So, thank you, I guess. <laughs> assholes. Uh, Little Women, uh, definitely going to get some Oscar buzz. It's got a December 
release date, and apparently everybody loved working with Greta Gerwig in her sophomore effort. Yeah, uh, the cast is again ridiculous. It's Sarsha Ronan, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Bob Odenkirk, Chris Cooper. I mean, these are like all Oscar nominated, Oscar winner type folks. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm apparently less, everything went like perfect on set and Greta Gerwig is just like a delight to work with I'm less excited about it only because I liked seeing Greta Gerwig's original stories yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to see what she does with it at least yeah. to see if it's something new or because I feel like knowing her even if it's like a mumblecore version of you know Louisa May Alcott I'm kind of on board with that I mean hilarious yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about that uh, super intelligence <laughs> another movie <laughs> I forgot I put this on here so this is the Melissa McCarthy Brian Tyree Henry movie um, and why they probably were paired together at the Academy Awards and yeah. that's the main reason I put it on here but then I looked up the plot and it made me laugh there's finally a super intelligent computer and it decides uh, that it's going to focus on Melissa McCarthy to see if it wants to destroy all of humanity or not <laughs> um, so I don't know it looked fun um, it's the guy who directed Tammy and the Boss, Life of the Party, like yeah. all these Melissa McC- McCarthy comedies. It's her husband, yeah. Yeah. They they, they write and direct everything together. together. Right. And uh, so some of those movies were great. Like I watched Life of the Party last year and it was above average. Uh, Tammy was fine. The Boss kind of sucked. They're all hit or miss. The Spy was like really good. Yeah. So uh, we'll check that out. We'll check that out whenever it drops, I'm sure. I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Is The Spy Who Dumped Me ever coming out? It came out. Okay. It got like, it's like 8% around Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to see it. I just thought I'd blacked out. <laughs> it was like Mila Kunis and uh, uh, SNL Queen. What's her name? Uh, Chris McKinnon. Forgot uh, it. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. The two of them in a movie together. Like, why didn't I hear more about it? Oh, apparently it was bad. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Okay. That's what I hear. Um, a movie that we'll no doubt have to see because A, it'll definitely get a Best Original Song Oscar and... Be your wife's gonna drag you to it. Now you're be your wife at the time. Too. Yeah, Cats uh, is finally getting a movie like 30 years after they should have had one. If she makes me go to it, maybe she'll be my ex-wife. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, so a Cats movie. Why didn't this come out in, like '98 when everybody was like freaking out? I mean, I think I bought my mom like a VHS copy of like the Broadway play. Have you ever tried to follow the plot of Cats? It doesn't. No, make I've any never sense. watched Cats. Why would I? Why would I watch Cats? I don't. I mean, have you read the Wiki, uh, you read the Wikipedia article for movies you don't see? Have you ever tried to read the plot? Uh, yeah, I've tried, but it reads like it's like eighteen mini biographies of cats. Right. So if they do it like that, and it's like a bunch of vignettes, and then there's like the one like night that's the end of the play, it's like <laughs> going to be really bad. I'm scared to ask how many times you think you've watched Cats, just like collectively. At this point. <laughs> Not like an ex- like a high number because she like two she, she uh, more than that okay that's enough that's too yeah. high a couple times like sitting there hungover like thinking like what is this about how did this get made and asking Kelly questions to the point where she gets frustrated and either turns it off I'm not being mean I really just don't know what's happening right uh, and she can't explain it well because nothing happens because it doesn't make sense <laughs> uh, but yeah so. Good that that's coming out. I mean, I, yeah, I like get it behind us kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we have to dread it. Like anymore. ripping a band-aid off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I just hate, like, Les Mis did this shit, and I love Les Mis, but, like, writing some shitty song to put in a musical that was written 50 years ago 
so you can get an Oscar nomination is just so fucking annoying to me. Yeah, but the song that they wrote for it wasn't... Oh, the song they wrote for it was not great. That's right. I forgot. In Les Mis, yeah. Yeah. And it went good, and it got nominated. It yeah. didn't win, because it shouldn't have won. <laughs> but we're not talking Oscars. And I added a movie to your show notes. Uh, we talked about this a little bit when it got announced. Yeah. Uh, example of Netflix throwing money at stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Irishman. Yeah. Because it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, also, the most Scorsese cast in the world. Uh, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, Harvey Keitel, and then uh, supported by Bobby Cannavale, uh, Ray Romano, Anna Paquin, Sebastian Maniscalco, Jesse Plemons, lots of people. Hell yeah. Uh, and it's about a f- Frank Mobster and his interaction with uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Nice. Uh, and those two leads are played by De Niro and Pacino. Awesome. So, you, someone gave Scorsese movie... Uh, someone gave Scorsese money to get those two together in a movie, and I'm going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's going to be on fucking Netflix. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it'll get a theatrical run because it'll want to be eligible for award season, but yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. on Netflix and probably, I'm guessing, in like November. I mean, it'll be like a week after it gets its limited theater, theatrical release. Yeah, I mean, if Roma's anything to follow, it's, you know, December 14th, <laughs> sometime around then. That's when Roma came to uh, to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. It looks like, uh, I hope it's a better year than 2018 ended up being. Yeah. Um... There's a lot on here that I'm excited about. There's also a lot of like the snotty Oscar kind of movies that aren't going to be talked about right now. So we probably didn't hit a lot of them. Um, but the fun ones look fucking fun. Yeah. And the horror ones look fucking scary and cool. Yeah. And I'm down. Um, but that's what uh, at least the two of us in Talkie Talk are excited about. Yeah. Those were the 35 movies that I decided I wanted to talk about. Yeah. 37 because I put all the Marvel ones in one number. And then The Spy Who Dumped Me. Which came out in like 2013. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> this feel like it came out. Like I feel like I saw a trailer when I was like 12 years old. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm not sure it ever came out. <laughs> Did we make that movie? Did we write that movie on accident? It's like Rocket Man. I feel like I've just been seeing trailers for it forever. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that big Freddie Mercury poster at the movie theater by our house was in there for like two years. Yeah. It's probably still there. <laughs> we could probably get it if we want. Yeah, they, they will probably give it to us. <laughs> But I don't want that giant ass Freddie Mercury head in my house. <laughs> Things like thirteen feet tall. Yeah, horrifying. But anyway, this is what we're excited about. Let us know if there's something we didn't cover that you're excited about, and we can talk about it. But talky talk about it. Talky talk about it. So this has been Talk Talk Podcast for MediaBias.com. You can find us on Facebook at our page, The Media Bias. You can find our individual groups: Movies Bias, TV Bias, Games Bias. You can talk about the respective categories there. Send us an email at themediabias at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at themediabias. You should also subscribe to us on your pod snatching app of choice and give us a rating. Five stars is the best rating that you can give. If you can hack it and give us six, we appreciate that too. <laughs> Don't give us a five star and then a one star. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Want to give a special thanks to the intro music provided by the Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. And the outro music by Blue Reefa. <laughs> And uh, thanks, TJ. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.